Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Gym's Cast with your host Joel Cleaver and on today's podcast we have the audio from a long form video interview that we did with Paul Comerford who is the CEO and founder of the Gym's Building Inspections Group Australia and New Zealand. Now Paul in a relatively short amount of time, we actually started uh, in Gym's around about the same time in 2011 and in that time he is taking Gym's Building Inspections from being just a thought or a process. Um, didn't know if it would work to the, with the brand and he's taken it all the way to well in excess of 100 franchisees. It's definitely the largest in Australia in terms of uh, building inspections company and or franchises, and I would say the largest in the Southern Hemisphere. And Paul's also an inventor as well. He has a worldwide patent on a um, product he has developed called Green Zone. He's spent many years on this. I don't know how much money he's actually spent on developing this. And um, it's out in the market now as well, so he tells us a little bit more about that and how that came to be. But he also makes some great points about business, about how he manages his time, because he's such a busy man with all his business enterprises. So. Um, I really do hope you enjoy this one. You can also head to the Gym's Group YouTube channel and watch this in full as well. Um, you know, we've got a lot of great videos on there as well. They all do get turned into podcasts, but the video format, I just think it adds something different as well. Um, big thanks to Jake as well for um, whipping this up really quickly and so we can get it out to you. And make sure you follow Gym's Group on our social channels. We've got Twitter, we've got Instagram, we've got Facebook, and obviously subscribe to YouTube. And also Jim Penman himself has now Instagram and Facebook. So at the Jim Penman on Instagram and Facebook, we push some good content there. So hopefully you enjoy the episode, guys, and let us know via DMs or comments on social media if you do. And um, we'll push out another episode again next Monday. And remember... Um, Ask Jim is always on at 7 o'clock Wednesday nights by the Jim's Group Facebook page. So until next week, uh, we'll see you then. So welcome to another video and podcast in our series of Jim's Advice on the Jim's Network where we want to try and provide you with as much valuable content as possible with some of our really successful franchisors, franchisees and divisionals. So with me today is Paul Comerford who is the owner of the Jim's Building Inspections Division and also the Hazardous Material uh, Removal Division. Now both of these divisions are doing really well. I think building inspections is up to around 140 franchisees, making it probably one of the largest building inspection franchises in the world. And hazardous material removal is up to around 20 franchisees now. It's still relatively in its early phase, but that's doing really well. So thanks for doing this, Paul, and welcome along. And I'll okay. start. I'll start off our first question, which we always give to everyone, which is, uh, what is Jim like? Jim, yeah, he's a <laughs> he's a good man. He's a uh, honest fella. He's always pretty fair. Um, sometimes some of the decisions that uh, come my way, uh, or you know, especially in the early days of, God damn, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. why does he do that or why is yeah. he doing that? And then kind of like, you know, three or four or six months later, I sort of understand why he made that decision or why he did it. And um, it always turns out to be the right decision. Yeah. You know? But uh, it's, it's quite hard when you're in the, in your, when you're in the war zone or the thicker things, you know, in um, franchisee, franchisor, or decision making at the helm of the division, um, and then Jim sort of stepping in and saying, no, go, go in this direction, it sometimes yep. uh, at the time seems very controversial or, uh, you know, uh, why, what, what's the reasoning behind that? But it does, most of the time, um, I must say, yeah, it comes out in in a neutral or in my favour or yeah yeah so he looks after us in a weird way yeah <laughs> so for those for those watching or listening to this so <clears throat> we have a divisional meeting which is every quarter and it's basically for divisional franchisors to bring stuff on behalf and try and make some changes maybe so I know building inspections I know yourself are really involved in that process yeah so maybe uh, is that because you're getting your franchisors pushing you to maybe change something or is that something you want to try and change within the gym system or how does that generally come about because you were very involved in that process 
Um, yeah, divisional meetings. I suppose uh, the franchise org group, uh, there's 16 franchise orgs are uh, very um, active and, you know, we all work together as a team as much as, mm. as possible. It's, it's, um, but when we get together as a group, um, we try and do it a couple of times a year. They've got some good operators in there, you know, and um, I think uh, it drives the it drives the business with um, good quality people sort of giving their opinions. And, um, sometimes it's hard not to take it personally, yeah. um, but when you look at it, you really need to look at it in the business context all the time because it is a business that's growing um, and we're making ways all the time. So, yeah, I need to put up those questions um, and get them answered or, or aired with the other divisionals. I, it's really good getting um, the other divisionals' point of view on different things, but um, we proactively do our own in-house marketing team, which, um, you know, is, it's not really a profit-making centre, but um, it's sort of, so it's always drives from there, I suppose, because we get leads and also um, leads for franchise inquiries. Yep. So there's um, a lot of it, there's a lot of motion goes behind that, you know, and it does drive from the franchisors and also from myself and my team around me, you know, it, um, it's imperative that we keep in tune to the gyms group and all the other divisionals, what they're doing and mm. what they're up to, yeah. That's yeah. really good. So let's now take a step back. So what did you do actually before starting up the gyms building inspections division? What were you doing prior? Uh, yes, I was, um, prior to that, I was a builder, um, just a licensed builder in Victoria. Yep. Um, and yeah, I started doing, I got into pest control uh, through a company called Bayer Environmental Science. Um, they kept bugging me to install some termite barriers for them. Yep. Um, there was a termite barrier at the time called Cordon Termite Barrier. Um, so I was building and um, one of the guys who worked there just kept trying to ask me to go into this commercial. I said, I'm, mate, I'm not really interested, you know, I'm, mm. I'm a builder, I don't want to get into pest control stuff, you know, yeah. or termite. But eventually um, I worked out that the pre-con side of um, pest control is just purely um, planning and quoting off plans. Um, so be, being able to read plans and understand construction was a was a really big in for me, having that back building background. Um, so that's how I got into pest control. So I started doing cordon termite barrier. Then I eventually started up a business called Termite Solutions Victoria. Um, didn't know what uh, a cockroach sort of looked like or a <laughs> rodent or anything, but um, I eventually learned and did some courses and I got some good technicians on board that helped me mm. as well. But I concentrated on the pre-con or pre-construction when you're building a new house, protecting them for termite um, management systems. And um, yeah, uh, I, when Jim's pest control came onto the market, I think it would have been like um, 2009, 2010, I, I <clears throat> always had building, uh, I was actually doing building inspections um, and termite inspections. Yep. Um, and I wanted to do something bigger and better. So I actually just bought a um, pest control franchise. franchise, uh, And I came out to here at Moorbar, did the three-day session and um, really thought it's a perfect vehicle for me to uh, do building inspections around nationally, around Australia. Yep. Um, so I waited about three months. I had Jim's number saved from the mm. whiteboard and um, yeah, gave Jim a call and I think in the morning and then that afternoon I was in his office talking about starting the building inspection division. Really? So that that was, quick? Yeah. When I actually rocked up to um, Jim's group head office, like um, 
I think it was, I booked in a time at four o'clock or something to meet him. And I had to wait for him for about half an hour to finish his game of chess. He was playing, <laughs> playing a game of chess in front of the IT guys. So, uh, <laughs> Oh no, this is yeah. this is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, so that's how it all started. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty interesting because um obviously when people come to training they're obviously stuck. I'm going to be a franchisee, franchisee. But you said no, nah, they've got more potential because I can see what this is about. Yeah, and you had that idea, and you saw. I'm going to. How did you decide to use this as the vehicle to do your expansion? Because it would have been pretty easy for you to go away and then go maybe start up on your own. Yeah. So what made you decide to use gyms as your vehicle to do this? Um, yeah, it was a big decision, um, especially. Uh, for building inspections, whether the brand would work in uh, in the context of people buying building inspections off um, a, a face and a, a brand yep. that had, um, you know, it was always that worry, of, you know, is mowing is the mowing going to work in our favour or is it going to work against us? Is it a pro pro or a con? Yeah. Um, however, I did. Um, what sort of nailed it for me was um, we did a bit of market research around a couple of states in Australia where we went to some auctions and we um, handed out some giveaways, some gifts. I can't remember. They weren't branded gifts, but um, we had the competitors for building inspectors in that particular state. I think Archicenter was one of the main ones at the time. Um, and we had Jim's building inspectors there. We hadn't started, by the way. Um, and they... 85% of the time, um, they were ticking building, Jim's building inspections as really? one they would use or pick. Yeah. So I thought, okay, <laughs> this is time to invest. And That's really interesting that you actually did that market research. I haven't, yeah. when we do these interviews, I haven't heard anyone say that to me yet, which is quite yeah. interesting. So obviously now you can go online and you can send that stuff to panels, but you actually went out to the auctions and you actually gave that out just to test it yourself in person. And that's, yeah. Did that surprise you that? Did it, yeah. um, I knew... I knew the brand, it had just, there was something special there about the brand and building inspections. It's, it's not so much about, um, so I, I think the competitors, people in building inspections or doing building, pre-purchase building inspections and asbestos inspections um, kind of really like either go, ah, damn, what a great idea, or they really hate it. Yeah. But the public, however, like through marketing and, and the, the perception of the brand and us behind them, I think they love it because they know if we do make a mistake or we do, if there is a problem, um, they they can call, they know they can call us back and, and we will fix the problem. You know, it's not, the problem's not just going to go away. Whereas um, Paul's or Joe's building inspections, you know, you can sort of have an argy-pargy with each other and yeah. it may not go anywhere. So having that big brand behind behind something so important when um, a couple's about to buy their first home, you know, um, I couldn't, you, you sort of, you can't grab another bigger brand in the service industry to, as a vehicle, you know, yeah. it, was, it was great. And pretty much the, the call center and the, and the systems behind it is like Jim's put millions of dollars into that. Um, it's just very hard to build and very hard to, you know, so that combined with our, putting a lot of in money into the um, development of the building inspection app that we yep. use and um, online reports that we put up online for sale. Um, that was a huge investment, but tying that into what Jim already had, um, it, it was a success. Yeah, and we grew to be like um, quite quickly to be the largest in Australia, mm. like in our first three or four years. I remember because um, 2011 was, I think, when you when you started it. And yeah. I, was, I actually started the company around about the same time. Yep. 
So I remember you guys starting and, and so much, you, you can see how much work was being put in by yourself and other people behind the scenes with it. So did you do the app at the same time? Was that something that come later or did you do it before launching? Um, we tried to um, finish the app. Um, anyone that's in app development or uh, you kind of you, you kind of budget and plan for a time for it to start, but we did plan for the app to be ready before our first franchisee came on board. Yeah, I remember Paul Lewis um, is getting quite frustrated <laughs> at one point, you know. Yeah, but um, because we'd promised the app, we ended up having um, a kind of a checklist, and we we had a team back in our office actually doing the reports for them, you know, manually. And, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it was a bit of a crazy time until. And just kept bringing the app developer Gary and like, come on, mate, come yeah, on, get know, it done, get yeah. it done, get it done. Yeah. And we eventually, you know, got it to the stage where it was right. But looking, looking at the app now, at how advanced and you know all the things it does, and looking just back at some old pictures or screenshots of the old app, it's yeah. just yeah. We we thought it was fantastic, by the way, when it first started. <laughs> it was just so innovative and yeah. you know modern and great yeah. and oh, you know. Um, but looking back now, it was very archaic to what it is now, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's a great bit of value add, but let's also talk about now, because you, you, as you said, three to four years, you grow pretty, you grew pretty quickly. Yeah. Why do you think that was? Was that because of the brand itself or was it because of the systems you had in place? Or why did you grow so quickly at a rapid rate? Um, I just think uh, there was a need for um, a national brand and builders, Getting off the tools, like just getting back down to earth with um, build. There's so many builders out there that want to get off the tools and have a system. Um, like they're sort of either thinking about retiring or you know, or, or just getting into something else because the building game is quite difficult. Yeah. Like I've been through it myself. You've got cash flow issues, and um, so just explaining the like our jobs. You get paid up front for your jobs. You know, you've got three jobs for the day. You can process visa cards in the morning before you do all your jobs, basically, because you already got their yeah. their payment. Um, um, so that that was a big sell to. But I think um, myself, I I get told I'm a good salesman, but I, I really don't think I'm a salesman. <laughs> but it's just like talking to you like this and yeah. explaining to a builder who's made an inquiry. We we get a lot of inquiries, so that, that yeah, that sort of attracted people. I, I suppose um, early days we did a lot of seek. Yep. advertising um, so you've got builders looking for a new avenue to go down mm. um, and also I had Sam and a couple other really good franchisors that just are good at selling you know part of being a franchisor you've got to be able to be organized on your sales it's a real yeah. skill so I was I was lucky I had good sales people on board yep. you know that were in the building game and were able to talk to people yeah. yeah so scaling your business that quick was there any issues or troubles you came across in growing that rapidly or um, yeah, I suppose, yeah, leads are always hard with, with growth and putting on more franchisees, leads are always You've got to scale it up in hard, time. With yeah, it, yeah, hard to get. Um, you can eventually catch up with it. Like, uh, say you're getting um, 15 leads per franchisee per month. Um, when you quickly put on three more in that region, you can, you can kind of almost go backwards until that um, extra marketing dollars that they're putting in sort of kicks into yeah. Facebook or, or paid search on Google or whatever you're doing. But um, that's when I think in the uh, in our third, fourth year, we um, I decided to have our own marketing company. Um, so design and digital marketing specialists, you know, mainly focusing on paid paid search campaigns and yep. things like that. So 
um, that was that was a really good thing to have in house. Um, it never it never made a profit or anything, but it just kind of um, yeah. And a lot of the time, I'd actually tip in my own money for it. Um, hopefully, it's getting to a stage where it's sort of cost neutral. But yeah, um, it's it's so important having your own marketing. I think or you know someone. Yeah, I think office. it's a great point because um, obviously a lot of our people use external agencies yeah. and there's always a nightmare, right? You always hear issues. So yeah. it's really smart to have an internal people you can keep and you can train for up to what you want and they know they're just working on you as a client as well. Yeah. Whereas external agencies are obviously working on multiple clients and their time might not be divided. So it's a really smart thing you did there yeah. in terms of that. So you think, you, so you, did you originally use external? Yeah, yep. yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, stuck with a few, uh, I think 12, went through three Three different ones over three years, you know. So, yeah, that's going to be common um, food. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's hard to. Uh, it's just nice to have someone focusing on your business and your all the time. Sort yeah, of thing. yeah. And they can understand about it. Yeah. So at the moment now you're up to around. I think you said you got there are some other competitors who are around thirty to forty, but they never went any further. But you've yeah. obviously one hundred and forty nearly now. Yeah. Why do you think you had that? You could keep going and scaling up, and the other one sort of held back a bit. Yeah, I think um, those uh, the other franchise building inspection businesses in Australia and overseas, they always seem to um, go with the uh, percentage of your profit type franchise setup, uh, whereas gyms is a fixed fee each month. So guys really know what they're actually, um, and being able to, when you first start, you're taking as many leads as you can. So you're paying for those leads plus your management fee um, in the gyms group. And being able to explain to someone um, that their fees are actually less when they've been in for longer because they're not taking as many leads. Mm. It's, it's hard to fathom, but it actually happens in real life. And we've got some really good, we've got um, you know, 140 successful business, really good successful businesses out there that are paying less fees now than when they first started because they're not taking as many lead fees. So I don't know why the opposition's don't keep doing what you're doing, but that's <laughs> fine, you know, like, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably don't want to give away too many secrets yeah, there, but yeah. Yeah, because that seems to be, um, you've been able to scout really quickly and that's obviously one of the reasons why, which has helped. But also now I want to touch on real quickly about hazardous material removal. Yep. You know, this is a newer newer venture you're doing. I think you're up to nearly around 20, yep. 20 franchise owners, which is great. And there was a really funny article, and I think it was a pop culture magazine, which had about, you know, Jim's is now doing meth removal. So maybe do you want to talk a bit about hazardous yep. material removal and what's that all about? Yeah, the division um, started out as Jim's asbestos removal. Yep. Um, which has been good, and there's uh, quite a, uh, a most of the group uh, are trained in asbestos. Uh, but over the last year or so, we've uh, moved to hazardous material, which um, asbestos is still a good service. There's still plenty of around it in Australia, and um, those guys can earn good money removing asbestos um, as long as they're all their PPEs in check and you know stick to our procedures and our manuals. Um, it's very safe, you know, it's very safe for kids and. Uh, like for the franchise owner, there's no real risk, you know, to your family. Um, but getting into the science of mould and meth is um, kind of getting into that, you know, that lab sort of CSI sort of, right. um, you know, attracts that franchisee that really wants to know about water and a life source and um, those sorts of things in, in homes and in commercial buildings is um, a service it's taken a while to develop. You're like it's not something you can just sort of click your fingers and jump into. Yep. But um, we've got to the point now where we're working with a couple of insurance companies, and um, yeah, we're our fran- new franchisees that come in will be trained on mould 
and cleaning mess. So the building, the two divisions work quite well together. The building inspectors um, every day uh, sort of look at asbestos in houses, in domestic houses mm -hmm. or commercial, and they'll refer um, refer the hazardous group um, the job. And also the building inspector will normally go back there and do the clearance certificate. So it works, they work quite well in together. And also the building inspectors are looking at mold and we're doing meth testing. Um, so they're all getting sent off to an accredited lab from the building inspectors. And if the results are positive, um, the client is more than happy to stay with uh, gyms. Like they want us to keep with gyms, yep. you know, hence kind of why we started the division, but um, they, getting feedback from the customers was always like, um, you, all right, you've done the building inspection for me, but you haven't, um, it's been great, but you haven't sort of helped me, you've sort of told me what's wrong, but you sort of haven't guided me to the next point. So now we can sort of move them into the next, you know, getting, it, getting the mould cleaned or getting the asbestos removed. So it's worked really well with the building inspections. Yeah. yeah. So let's maybe talk a bit about more about the one, the, the meth service. The reason why I mentioned this one, because this one was featured on a pop culture magazine which pretty much it was a viral article shared everywhere. Yeah. So maybe you want to talk a bit more actually what that service is and why people use it and why it's actually a popular service now. Yeah, so uh, meth is um, a big problem. It's, yeah, it's rising in Australia as well and there's other, other drug problems. And yep. a lot of, um, it's not so, not so much meth labs at all, it's just meth users. And yep. you'd be surprised um, the stats, the latest stats that are out um, in the blue collar, white collar, sector um it always amazes me but the highest highest meth users in the white collar right sector um so you've got a lot of people renting it'd be um a three or four year old new apartment type thing yeah um, not necessarily really old old crappy house or apartment um you sort of got that modern modern feel um, we're doing a, a meth test in a rental property results are coming up positive um so the We'll either have to, um, so meth cleaning is quite a big process and you'll have to either, depends how far the meth has gone into the plaster or into the walls yep. or into the render. Um, there's different percentages um, that the lab will tell us which stay in the Australian guidelines. Um, so we'll either have to strip out the plaster and strip out installation and strip out the whole place, which can be very costly. Yep. Um, or if the, the meth is at a certain rate, um, we can clean it. Okay. Um, so the cleaning, you know, takes, you probably got a three day process with, um, you know, three guys. Really? Um, yeah, wow. so you're cleaning every wall or, or different rooms and a hygienist will actually tell us which, um, which rooms need cleaning or the whole house or, and they'll come back and certify that it's all been cleaned. And yeah. so, um, yeah, it's quite a big um, process. Quite involved, yeah. yeah. Um, more in line with um, working with insurance companies is quite okay. good, but also we get leads through the call centre for yep. the work as well. So okay, yeah, I had no idea how involved that was. So yeah. is that for someone like who's got an investment property or whatever, and the tenants move out, and they would get the check or something wrong yeah. with it, and then they would do yeah. all the tests, and then you guys would come in and do that sort of stuff so it can make it livable for the next one. And absolutely, yeah. so if you've got a um, rental property and a, a family's moving into, yeah, you know, and you've got small kids, you, you know. It's kids are playing with toys on the ground and walls and you know, yeah, you know, we know what kids like. I've got three of them. They could be licking the walls at yeah. some point, you know. So <laughs> um, you never. It's just it's not, it's an unsafe place, you know, yeah. for a kid that is moving into a property that has 
someone smoking meth or yeah, you know, yeah. doing meth in the... No, because it's something that people, they might, I don't know if they would joke about it, but um, people probably even not even aware, but it's a massive issue, as you said. And um, for anybody who owns a rental property or has any suspicions of it, I, you know, as a service now, it seems like it must be an essential thing. Mm. Do you see? Do you think those, are those leads increasing more, or is yeah, it, yeah, they're, they're, um, as they come more aware about? Yeah, that? awareness is increasing, and yeah. it's just uh, us as a group, just aligning ourselves with um, the right people and the right trainers. Yeah, um, yeah. There's some some good trainers at the moment. Where there's one called VA Science that um, all the insurance and the build, panel builders. Um, Unless you're trained by by them, you won't sort of you won't be able to get on their panel or, or yep. do work for them. So okay. it's um, it's high end training. It's not there's other courses all around the place, but uh, these people just do it properly. It's a little bit more expensive, but yeah. you pay for what you get. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. That's cool. So I want to take now a side step back to building inspections for a second. Yeah. From the outside looking in, from national building inspections has always been known as a really professionally run, you know, a lot of good systems and, all this, and really good culture in place with your team. So it's a very general question, but how did you go about building that culture? Because it seems to be, it's very tight knit and a lot of your guys, franchisors are really involved and they're really, they love to present ideas all the time and they interact obviously with people here. So how did you go about building that culture? Yeah, um, uh, I think probably like yourself, um, got a football Aussie rules background. Um, didn't play at the highest level, but at one point I was, you know, striving to be the best I could in mm. And uh, had some good mentors and coaches on the way. Uh, and I suppose it really gets back to the team environment. Um, and you're only as good as the team around you. Uh, so we did early days, um, and we still still use uh, the leading teams kind of scenario. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's a, just a pyramid of, um, you know, like, you know, we, we talk to each other on, a, on this level and then, Sometimes we have to go a bit deeper and, you know, have those critical chats or conversations yep. and it's it all gets back to how we're perceived out in the public, you know. So when you're wearing our building inspections brand, how you it's really important to me and Suzanne, um, how you're perceived out in the public and how you operate and um, yeah, so just using the um, the old leading teams, you know, um, structure. Uh, yeah, we, we and every building inspector, when you start our week's training, um, after you've done your three days yep. at Moorabark and you come to a, our head office in Melbourne, um, we, that's the first session we do. I think it goes for a couple of hours. So oh, we'll really? Talk about, yeah, le, we do a leading teams program. Wow. Yeah, so that sort of kicks it off. Um, so I think that, that helps, yeah. That's very interesting saying that. From the start, when they're coming to you guys, you're doing that culture building exercise first it's nothing really technical or whatever it's that culture building for to set yeah. the precedent and yeah. go through no um, i mean the guys uh, the building inspectors that come in there they already know how to build so we're not teaching them yeah yeah what a frame is or an underfilling <laughs> proper or, you know yeah. or, or how to build at all yeah um, they already um we already assume they know that and they do uh so yeah we a lot of it is about they need business help and business you know training um you know sort of business coaching and it starts with that um you know that that culture of just looking after each other you know and just you know we're all in this together mm. you know just and that team environment is really important to me you know yeah that's really that's really interesting you said then i think that's a great one to use that sports sort of analogy um and that leading team thing i didn't know that so that's really cool and hopefully anyone listening or watching that if you're other division or in business that's probably a good model to try out if you'd like um, that sort of sports culture, I guess. And, you've, and you, is that something you regularly do on the basis? Like, obviously, you do it as training, but is that something you keep 
How do you keep doing that throughout the, the life cycle of a franchisee or a franchisee? Yeah, um, could probably, uh, yeah, I suppose any um, conferences, you know, yep. will always uh, pick up on, we kind of made the values and the core values of the culture uh, with the group, you know, I think we started at one conference in 2014. So, you know, the group came up with the, you know, um, look at, look after each other. We've got a couple more, yep. you know, um, how we're perceived out in the public, you know, and what we want to look like, you know. Um, you know, we're, we're, all, we're all together, that sort of thing, you know. The, the group came up with that. Yep. So um, I think back at conferences, we always reiterate what we're here for and what we stand for, and um, that is important. It can, can sometimes you get the old guy step out of line, but it's, so what it, what it's all about is your fellow franchisee bringing you back into line. Yeah. Not not so much always from me or your franchisor. It's about your your teammate sort of pulling you into line. You know, mm. that's a that's yeah. So at conference, it gets sort of refreshed and yeah. Um, we send out weekly uh, or two weekly you know snapshot things and. We always have the core values front and center yeah. know, at the front of that. And you obviously have really regular meetings as well with your yeah. your Zors conduct and obviously pass that down. So Yeah. 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 So every six weeks or how many how yeah, regular yeah, meetings? Yeah, six weekly meetings. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're great six weekly meetings, you know. Um, it's what uh, I say an individual um, really misses out on that that team environment, you know, working for yourself. You kind of got your blinkers on and mm. um, you just you're not looking at um, yeah, it's kind of like you when you're in a six weekly meeting, you've got the knowledge of, you know, ten or twenty other building inspectors that they're not your competitors, they're on the same side, but you're sharing the knowledge is the yeah. is the key. Yeah. Sharing the knowledge and sharing the the hard times and, and the good times, so the successes and the yeah and the things that you might do wrong, you know, that's that's part of business. But You've got, you got teammates here. That's, that's good to hear. Mm. So in your time as a divisional, what's one, one success story? Or is there one story of someone coming on that stands out to you in your mind? Um, yeah, one, one good one is uh, just, just the fact that uh, people will come up to myself or Suzanne at a conference and say, um, like for the last 15, 20 you know, or 10 years, haven't, haven't been to a school concert haven't been to a, um, I've missed out on all the calisthenics with my kids, haven't been to this, that and the other and now we're earning more money um, and our hours have halved, you know, so I'm able to like schedule myself and go to these really important family gigs. That, yeah. So it's, I mean, it, that, I've got tingles now, but that, that sort of thing is great, you know, just to, I didn't know I was going to be able to achieve those sort of things, but that in itself is just so rewarding, you know. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not a money money gain thing. It's just like you've changed someone's life because I know how tough it is on the building site, especially in wintertime in Melbourne, but, yeah. um, in Queensland or Perth or where it's just tough and cash flow is tough. So I'd be able to, those guys, unless they're working, they don't feel like they're, sometimes they, I, I think the guys that come on board, they were just jogging up and down on the same spot, but they're not really going anywhere. Yeah. But so when they come on board with us, they've actually got a plan and a path to, and and their life is so important, you know, mm. that going to your kids' concerts or, you know, even the assemblies during the day or whatever, they can schedule their work around however they like. So, yeah. yeah, so well, let's maybe talk about what is the actual typical day at the building inspection then? How many reports can they get through a day or what's yeah. involved in the actual process? So if someone engages Jim's building inspections, what actually happens? Yeah, um, 
So you'll you'll get a lead um, either from the call center or from your networking group, or um, yeah, you'll and you'll take the lead and you'll uh, call the call the customer back straight away. Um, we're not working on price. Um, you know, we're definitely not the cheapest building inspector around, but the quality and the value of what you get mm. our reporting and our back end is um, huge. Yeah, so always there's a big competitor advantage there. I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is. <laughs> but, um, they can work it out. Uh, yeah, so we'll just talk to the customer and tell them what we do. Um, and we'll tell them the whole process that we'll call the agent. We'll, we'll be looking for structural defects, um, safety hazards, major defects. Uh, and we'll basically checking it out like as if we were going to uh, if our daughter or our son was going to buy a house, we just really want to look after the customer and make sure. Mm. The customers really want to know if there is something wrong with the place, like how much is it going to cost to fix it. Yeah. Um, we probably won't give them a written you know, price for it. We can refer someone for that. But we've got a bit of an idea on price or how big the issue is. Mm. Um, and, but we give them a really detailed report with photos. Um, yeah, so we'll meet the agent there. Um, it'll take us an hour, an hour and a half to do the inspection. Um, the inspection part is pretty fine. Like we're happy if the client comes on the site with us, as long as they don't sort of follow us around while we're doing the inspection. Yeah. Otherwise, we yeah. may miss stuff. Um, but we're happy to if them they're on the site to talk to them about some issues we've got. It's actually better. I prefer it. Um, but if they're not on site, we'll give them a call while we're on site and just go through any issues we may have found. Um, we'll send out the report to them um, and then we'll follow them up in a couple of weeks time to see if they were successful buying the house. Um, and if not, if they weren't successful, we'll probably give them a discount or we will give them a discount for the next property if, they, if they're happy with our service. Um, yeah, so a guy can do probably three of them uh, comfortably in a day. He yep. can, can push four. Um, yeah, and they're getting paid quite well for each job. I imagine, so, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good. Um, that's a really good little experience. I didn't know about that. That obviously you give them a discount if they don't go ahead based on the report. Give them a discount for the next one, and you're actually calling them up as well if you find something during it, which is pretty. Yeah, yeah. I'll, we'll fi we'll finish the actual inspection, and then we'll um, start our report and just give them a call and go through any issues yep. we've got, and then we'll send out the report to them. Um, probably give them a follow up call. They're happy. To, a lot of the time, the clients call back and. Yeah, they'll just ask once they're reading the report. I'm a bit confused on this, what, and we'll just explain it to them. So, yeah, yeah, and majority, most of your guys are ex-builders, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, most yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. So now I want to take a bit of another side turn here, and people won't realise that Paul's actually an inventor. You've got a you've got a patent to your name, right? Yes. So yeah. let's talk about this. We were having a chat before. It's called the Green Zone Termite Insect Barrier. Yeah. And you are the world is it the worldwide patent holder on that one. Yep. So let's talk about this because this is quite interesting because we, we do have another divisional franchise or Hader who's same from cleaning who who obviously has developed his own product. <clears throat> he didn't invent. I don't know if he invented it, but he invent he made the product and took it had had the idea, and you and took it to a product level. And you've done the same thing. You've had this idea. Yeah. And that's you've got. I've actually implemented your idea. And now you've got this product which is available. So can you just talk us all through that? Uh, yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I being in the um, when I got in the termite barrier world um, years ago, uh, I couldn't. I think I was drilling through um, some exposed aggregate one day. It was um, if the builder forgets to do a, um, a spray or do a termite treatment, 
and they pour all that concrete around the, the building. You've got to you've got to drill holes through the concrete and you know nice exposed aggregate. This is a big huge place, and um, I was drilling holes like because. And you've got to charge this guy. Yeah. And it was just terrible. I hated drilling through. Everyone hates it, but to get the treatment done, you've got to drill through these concrete holes every 200 mil or so. And this one day, I was just looking at this expansion joint foam up against the concrete and the the building, and it um, it just sort of came to me sort of halfway through the day, you know, after about a thousand holes, yeah. um, that I've got to. Surely one of the big companies have put um, in the expansion joint foam, 10 mil by 100 mil expansion joint foam, a chemical or someone's trialled it or something. Mm. So anyway, after that, that day I went home, Suzanne and Suzanne's got the um, all the degrees in the brain. So she sort of guided me into the uh, provisional pattern you know, sector and we um, eventually had a provisional pattern for it. So yeah, it's just... Um, Expansion joint foam, it's all used around the world, all around the world for expansion and contraction of concrete to stop cracking and movement. Um, big in America, big in, big in Europe, um, and huge in Australia as well. So uh, we, I was able to just put a chemical called bifenthrin um, into the melting point before extrusion um, in a, in a manufacturing sense. And, uh, yeah, away we went. We um, so it's been it's been about nine years now in development. We've been on the market for fifteen months. So um, nine years in development. Yeah, nine wow. years. Wow, and quite a bit yeah. of time and money <laughs> spent on the on the product. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's great to see it. I've got a, a couple of directors now that um, mortgage their house, and you know they're partners with me, and yep. um, they're great. So we're all, and we've got a CEO and a couple of sales guys and we've got an office now in Brisbane and, and Melbourne so um, we just sell through the distributors and and just moved into Singapore and just doing some trial and testing in um, in the US really so, wow yeah well time's sticking out for the, the worldwide patent so we've got to get our okay bums over there so yep. um, yeah now the product it's it's uh, it's good it's got a good purpose um, yeah but pretty happy with how it's going at the moment and now we're still a baby in the in the industry, but you can have the best product in the world, but you've got to you've got to market it and get it out mm. there. So having um, having a bit of marketing background from the Jim's group is quite handy too. Yeah. So taking nine years to develop a product, how did you stay motivated during that process? Because a lot of people have great ideas, and yeah. they never, but they never got an idea. Then they look into it and go, oh, "That's way too hard," or someone else get discouraged. Yeah. So how did you actually just keep going for that nine years? No, and what setbacks did you have during it's a, it? It's a really good point you make. Um, I think there was at least three or four times there, you know, over the journey where it's just, yep. this is just too hard. Um, you know, we set up trials in Darwin, like field trials, and in, um, in the, you know, uh, south of the Tropic of Capricorn, like in New South Wales, and, and one of the trials flooded, you know, <laughs> kind of get the entomologist to go back there and, you know, reset up. So this is all about getting a label for the APVMA, coat of arms label. Um, so anything with a chemical in it, you've got to, um, it's called the APVMA, where, you know, drugs or veterinary or yep. pesticides have to go through this rigorous process of um, efficacy and toxicology. And, um, yeah, you just got to really cross your I's and dot your T's and entomologists charge exorbitant amounts of money. But um, 
yeah, so some of those processes and then um, actually putting an application in. So you've done all this trial and testing and the government haven't even heard of you yet mm. like, until you put your application in. So, um, yeah, it's just, just hard. But I think um, just staying motivated is, uh, I think Suzanne was great for that and getting, getting guys like Sam as partner and uh, Brett and other guys on board just to say, you know, come on, we can, you know, so it, well, getting back to, you know, the team around you, I suppose, you know, yep. you're, only, you're only as good as a team around you. Yeah. So uh, that's, it's been good, but yeah, our sales are going quite well in the first 15 months. Um, you know, we haven't cracked any records yet, but we're starting to attraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're still a baby, but um, it's nice now. It's still, still a lot of hard work to do. I, I kept saying to the guys, like, once we're on the market, now this is where the hard work really starts. So, yeah. yeah so how do you manage tough. your time then now? Because obviously you've got so many things pulling you left, right and centre. You've got yep. obviously great support from Suzanne who's heavily yep. involved and you've had guys like Sam in that yep. and your team as well. So what's your time management now? Like what's the average day for you? Yeah, um, the average day, um, I have have had um, <clears throat> troubles managing that you know, in the past. Um, so I actually went out and got a business coach just okay. in the last couple of years, which has yeah. been good. And it's just just more structured uh, time during the day. Um, Monday meetings are important with all the businesses. Um, there's about six or seven different things going on. So um, yeah, time management's pretty pretty key. Um, I think just it's not that difficult actually. You know, like probably like Jim, you see his, his phone doesn't ring. Mm. It rings a lot, but it doesn't, you know, it's not overwhelmingly. It's kind of like the same as me. As long as you're staying proactive and staying on top of the game, or, you know, staying ahead of the game. Um, but the Monday meetings is crucial. Like I need to just nail down every bit of that and have a 30 and 60 and 90 day plan for our KPIs for That's every good. business. Yep. Um, so using a Vern Harnish book called Scaling Up is, um, has been good and my coach... Uh, is right onto that as well, and and an infusion soft software program that we've got, um, just keeping up the marketing tasks for that. So yeah, just um, not too bad, just just more structured, I suppose. And instead of running around like with a chook like my head yeah. cut off sort of thing, like yeah. it was at one point. So. Yeah, well, it's quite interesting yeah. you said that because you're obviously very successful before you even got the business coach. So it's it's good to hear that you had that sort of you were able to step back and say, I probably need a bit of help here, which yeah. is great. Whereas a lot of people might go, oh, what are you, you know, I'm already very successful, I don't need to do it. So yeah. are you are you open? Like a lot of the times I've been doing these interviews, they're really successful people, but they all say the same thing. They're learning and they take advice from everyone and they're able to step back and look outside themselves. There's no real ego involved at all. Do you find yourself the same? We're always learning from other people and you've just absolutely, put your ego yeah. aside and you can just take advice from anyone. And Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. It's, um, I think um, also... Yeah, just learning all the time, and also just for me, getting out on the out on the road every now and then, at least once a month. Okay, and crawling yep. around a house, putting the overalls on, and, and getting out with the boys. And oh, you um, still do you still do some jobs? Do yeah, you? yeah, okay. absolutely. Right. Yeah, just keeps keeps me grounded and keeps me yeah. Right. Um, you sweat it out a little bit, and yeah, um, the boys enjoy it, and um, it just keeps me a bit more sane. And um, yeah, no, I absolutely enjoy it. I think. Getting back to the grassroots stuff is is vital, you know. It's important that you're not always just, you know, sitting behind the desk or whatever. Yeah. I actually don't have a desk. 
um, yeah, I just sort of float around. I have a an iPad and yep. checking emails all the time, but I'm constantly sort of moving around. My my new GM Larry hates it. Yeah, so I've, I've got a new GM. Yep. He's really good, Larry. Um, he's trying to he's trying to like put me in a desk. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I'm working on it. That's great to hear that because that's the first approach I've heard from a. I'm sure other zores do do it, but you actually every month you actively go out with franchisees or yep. and actually just go and do inspections with them and stuff like that. Still, yeah. Yep. And do you find you get much learnings about it then from doing those jobs and maybe change into the into the business at all, or is it just something to just keep you in touch with what's going on, your finger on the pulse? Yeah, just just finger on the pulse, and um, yeah, it's just. I think it's just for me personally, this the sweat out and. Just being uh, getting back to the team camaraderie yeah. type of thing. Yeah. yeah, and I see you sort of getting out there. You know, you're not in the office as you said. Yeah. It sort of puts them on there. Yeah. So with that green zone stuff, so going back, so if someone wants to find out more about the uh, the, the barrier and, and about the invention itself, what can they punch into Google? Is it just green zone or yeah, what are they typing? Um, green zone uh, barrier. Yep. Dot com dot au or yep. dot com um, or green zone termite into Google. Yeah, and you're trying to get them, as we were saying before, you're trying to really hit that American, you get you just got your foot into America now, so how's that all going getting with the uh, American it's pretty, market? It's pretty difficult, it's yeah. a vigorous process again, like Australia, um, but we're, we're just hitting in there, the product has got um, a label for ants and cockroaches, Okay. Um, and termites, so uh, we're more pushing the, um, the product for the ants, the insect part of it, which is a not as hard a process than termites yep. in the US, so um, using it in, in high-rise buildings in hot climates, um, so it's actually reducing the amount of pest control spray that you would have to do right. um, in a building. So if you're building with green zone, because the product um, in effect is actually already being used as a backing rod for yep. corking, so they'll put it as a backing rod and then put silicon or corking around doors and commercial windows. So putting green zone in during a high-rise building would reduce the emissions or um, amount of chemical sprays you'd have to use over the years. So it reduces cost that way on the back yeah. end of that stuff. Okay, that's quite yeah. interesting. So yeah. if anyone wants to find out about that, just head to punching Green Zone uh, into Google and it should come up the site. Uh, green, normally the movie comes up Green oh, Zone. Oh, okay, right, there is too. Yeah. Put uh, Green Zone Termite or Green Zone Termite Green or yep. Barrier. Or ter- Green Zone Barrier and punch yeah. that in. It's quite interesting actually, so I was learning a bit. So I'm actually asking that, but I'm learning myself, so it's really cool. So we'll just end on with a couple of um, more generic questions now just regarding business owners and franchisees and stuff like that. So in your, in your opinion, why do your franchise, why does franchisees succeed in the gym system or just in general? Yeah, I find um, it's really evident to me uh, in, our, in the building inspections, um, the guys from day one that are organized um, and have start, it starts with the three days here and we do our pre-planning workshop and an onboarding process. Okay. Um, I can tell the guys that are listening and sort of really and reading our manuals and, and reading our procedures and not trying to inv- reinvent the wheel. <clears throat> so they're sticking to our and they're trusting and they're, they're sticking to our processes and our procedures, everything with 10 point plans, um, the way we go about doing inspections, you know, all our trade secrets are in our manual. Um, it's, and it's not that hard. It's not not anything you probably haven't heard before, but the way we do it um, is vital. And you'll see guys like in their first three months sort of get to that, you know, three, two inspections a day, three inspections a day quite quickly. Whereas I can, the guys that, um, no, 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 I know better. 
I'll, I'll, I will do all the reading manual and yeah. But I'm going to do it this way. We sort of have to drag them in, and it'll take them longer to get to that three a day kind of point. Yeah. Um, we'll have to drag them in and sit them down again, and, and all they need to do is follow the procedures and the and the manuals and the system. Um, everything to do with combining with the call center here at the gyms group and the everything. You know, um, it's quite it's quite an easy process if you stick to the system. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, that's that's basically it, and um, you'll you'll have success, and you'll be earning quite good dollars. Yeah, yeah it's quite interesting. So that's a common theme. We, right. we ask that I ask that question a lot to the other divisionals and regionals, and it's exactly the same thing. What you yeah. said, which is quite um quite encouraging, obviously. But I just want to touch on it real quickly. Suzanne's obviously was massively, well, still massively involved, but really developed those manuals. I want to talk about because they're really really comprehensive, yeah. and you've obviously invested a lot of money and time. And how involved, like obviously Suzanne was really important with that. So how important has been uh, Suzanne into your uh, for anyone who doesn't know Suzanne coming for yeah, Paul, yeah. Paul's wife so my brilliant wife brilliant that's what wife. she um, saved her number in my phone as brilliant like, wife your brilliant wife yes yeah. yeah. so how much time in the early days did you do it because obviously back in 2011 you've got that but it was so much work before that with your manuals plus you had this green zone I think it was probably in the early days as well yeah so how important was she into this whole process uh, yeah uh, vital yeah. yeah she's backed off a little bit now um, there's been some, uh, you know, marketing team changes. So she's jumped in there again, which has been great. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely crucial. Yeah, having a partner. Um, I my advice is yeah, get a. You know, partnerships are okay. You know, preferably not your wife. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> not ideal, but um, yeah. you know, there's. It's been tough, but you know, things are going. Things are going okay. Things I was going to say, well, how do you manage that? Because obviously people would be saying, you work with your wife and it's like, that's probably yeah, the crazy. Yeah, I think right? um, having a plan that we're going to be doing this, it's all about the plan and yep. procedure. Like we're always asking people for cash flows and business plans. I've, I, we have to have a plan ourselves. Right. Um, and she, she went out and started her own styling business, staging. You know. Yep. Um, so that was good because... She was doing that, and be more separate. That, yeah, yeah. We kind of are in the same office, but a lot of a lot of days we don't sort of see each other. Yep. So having a plan that you're only going to be doing it for a certain amount of time is is vital. I think you know you need to go. Okay, we're going to tough it out because um, it's going to work out financially better if we both do this around this two year period or three year yep. period, and then really stick to the plan. I think, and then exit or you know go and do separate things you know in your work or life business yeah yeah it's quite interesting very smart because um obviously if you said it to anyone saying oh we're going to do a business with my wife it'd be the same thing oh wow well, how would you go about that but that's quite interesting you had that plan where you said i'll put in the two to three years of the grind together yeah and then you know we'll work out we're backing ourselves to work out then after that we can maybe sort of yeah ease away a bit so that's quite interesting so going back to the franchisees and why they why they, we sort of touched on them a bit, but why do you think business owners or franchisees tend to fail and not do so well? What's one of the common things that you've seen? Um, yeah, it's really evident. Um, it's not, it, you know, not being proactive. Um, yeah, it's, I, I find it, yeah. It doesn't happen much in building inspections. It's been the odd, the odd one. Um, yeah, you guys have a really low, for anyone watching or listening, very low, low uh, a turnover rate from what, Obviously, yeah. we can tell, which is why your growth's been so good. Because obviously, you guys, you bring them on, but they stay for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the onboarding process. I, I think we we do a certain amount of 
show them what it's about and, and we sell at the start. Yeah. But they kind of pick themselves, really. Like, if they're not jumping through hoops for us, like when we're getting back to them, um, we can, they just drop off and it wasn't meant to be kind yeah. of thing, you know, so. That's quite interesting, um, yeah. Yeah, it, the odd time that um, we have put on guys that we might have let slip jump through those hoops at the start, they, um, they, they, your heart's got to be in it, you know, and you've got to, you got to like the brand, you've got to like the systems and you've got to be 100% on board yeah. when you start, you know. If you're only 85 or 90%, and you've signed and you've, you've paid money and you've signed a contract and you and you think it's all just going to happen and you're trying to buy a job, um, that's where it really falls down and fails, you know. That's quite an interesting statement you said then, buying a job. It's yeah. definitely not buying a job. People, and that's a, that's a common thing we sort of see sometimes, people, you know, buy a job. But as you said, it's a business. You're buying a business with this support, and but you need to be proactive. Yeah. Because I think as what you said, I don't know how, obviously with leads and stuff, but... Um, Obviously, you said around average 15 a month, was it? Or what's the average leads for you yeah, guys? Be, yeah, um, some regions are less. Um, yeah. But the, a lot of the metro, Sydney, Melbourne, um, Brisbane, uh, maybe Perth. Yeah, probably hover around 15, yeah. 15 a month. And yeah. you guys, you teach them to be a bit more, to be proactive and get out there, obviously, for their own leads and create referrals and all sort of stuff. Yeah, it's, I mean, you've got, you've got this great brand and you've got this great car signage and... Yep. We're neat and tidy um, and presenting yourself. That's all about getting on the first day. We actually, after the first day, on the Thursday of the first week course, you, we actually do a whole day on you presenting yourself out in the marketplace. Okay. Um, and we're taking live leads and yep. it's a whole day on marketing sort of thing. So I'd love to be able to do more on that, but a, a full day is probably, yep. you know, it's, it's good. But they need to continue on from that full day, <clears throat> create their own marketing specific plan um have a laminated sheet for their elevator pitch and all the things that you know all the little one percent is a a key you know it's all i was speaking to um an opposite uh, guy that's you know one of the competitors yesterday having lunch and um <clears throat> i could just see some of the key vital things that we follow up and do you know as part of our system is where they were just really lacking you know yeah um and he, he was there sort of, you know, everyone, the market was a little bit down at the moment. We're, we're going pretty steady, you know. We're not we're not increasing our leads in the last couple of months, but we're, we're going okay. Yeah. So um, uh, I don't mind talking to the opposition, you know, about stuff. Yeah. It's fine, but yeah. So does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's <laughs> fine. It's fine. So I was going to say, we'll probably end it soon now because obviously I've kept you here for long enough. I just no, want to ask you now. Probably a bit more. What's your what's your next goals in the next five years? You obviously got a lot on, yeah. and it's um it's amazing to actually hear because I I knew you did do the uh, the green zone stuff. But I didn't know how involved it was. I didn't know it was prior to you actually even uh, starting gyms building inspections. Yeah. So you've been juggling all these three things. So what's your plan? Obviously, you, you do a lot of plans, which is great. So what's your five year, maybe your longer term vision, or what have you got goals set? Yeah, um, well, yeah, we'll build the building inspections division up to sort of three hundred. 300, uh, yep. wow. Franchisees, and yep. we'll, um, at, that, that might be over the next five or seven years. Um, uh, someone might step up um, within the group and maybe want to take over the business, one of the franchisors or franch. A lot of the franchisees um, are interested in being franchisors. Yeah. Um, 
So that that's great to see within the group as well. You know, I really like that. Um, but I, I may um, exit building inspections. Depend, or yeah, it depends. But I do have a, a seven year sort of plan from that from now on. Um, and it'll be it'll be a great business for someone to walk into. You know, yeah. a lot of systems and processes are pretty much you know running running themselves. Yeah. Um, and with Green Zone, I'll, yeah, I'd probably want to just work in a Green Zone and concentrate on that in the long term. That's I, your real passion, is it, at the Green Zone? Uh, yeah, 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 it's a yeah, I, it's it's a passion of mine. Yeah, um, yeah, I love being involved with that industry. It's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a different industry, like manufacturing. And, I can imagine, yeah, and um, a product sort of thing. Yeah, but, um, uh, who knows? I'm, I may stay in building inspections the next twenty years. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, I'm enjoying it, so yeah, you got to enjoy your work. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Okay, look, look, watch this space. So I was going to say now, if people want to find out more about you. Obviously, there's you've got multiple businesses. So we've talked about one before, which is Green Zone. They can punch in probably Green Zone Termite or Green Zone Barrier. Yeah, Google and they'll come up. And you, what where about the other ones? What can they? Where can they find you? Um, yeah, I've got a pest control business, but we have Jim's Pest Control, which you can just call one three one five four six. Yes. Uh, yeah, the other business, I've got a training, Bowen Training Group, yep. and Bowen Marketing Group, yep. um, which is doing a bit of external things. Oh, great. We do some for our other divisions in cool. Jim's group as well. Um, Suzanne has a staging business, but I'm not really involved with that. Yep. Um, can't remember the other one. There's heaps of things you've got. Jim's Building Inspections, obviously, yeah. so you've got Jim's Hazardous Material Removal. Yeah. Got the Bowen, does Bowen Group have a site? Um, it hasn't got a... Site's not live for the uh, training. Okay. It's an RTO, like a registered ah, okay, training right. organisation. Yep. But yeah, that's um, that'll help a lot of it because I think we spent something like uh, three hundred eighty thousand last year in training external. You know, really? Inter- yeah, external providers. Wow. So you thought start one um, up? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's probably a bit of stuff we can do with the gyms group as well. Yeah. Awesome. So, okay. so you got a lot on. Yeah. So I'm sure if you punch them all into, um, we'll put some links in all the stuff, and you can find Paul. And about all these businesses. I think there's probably six or more there at least. And uh, thanks for doing this, Paul. Thank I was you. really insightful. I learned a lot actually. So um, No worries at all. Yeah, hopefully a lot of people get out of this, get stuff out of this. And if there's any questions or comments you've got for Paul, please leave them in the comments and we can filter them through. And obviously punch him all their great businesses online. And uh, thanks for doing this again. Appreciate it. No worries. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for listening to that episode of the Gyms Cast on the Gyms Network. If you want to see more of this type of content, make sure you let us know by following at the Jim Penman on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and also all the Gyms Group stuff on the various platforms. Also head to the Gyms Group YouTube channel and give us a subscribe. There's some great content there. Leave us some comments or questions about what you maybe want us to do on the show next, and we'll try and do that. Also head to gyms.net and you can learn more about Jim there. We hope to see you next time.